With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, you know, it would have been nice to uh, not have to do this again because it's really frustrating when uh, you get... you finish and everything's good and then you open up your audio and it's complete and utter dog shit well it's just getting reps man practice makes perfect <laughs> getting reps that's it's exhausting <sighs> but here we are for round two so uh yeah welcome back uh to the south end zone here on the pigskin podcast network i'm your host jason bailey i'm with eric molehair again this week because we already did this once and my hotel internet took a dump and here we are. So we're going to run this run this show again, Eric. We're going to help our listeners out. But anyway, what's going on? I had to talk to you in two days. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, no, no complaints. Looking forward to a, a weekend. Not quite the same slate uh, as the last couple, but still some pretty good games and compelling matchups. Indeed. And speaking of compelling matchups, we had a pretty big weekend last weekend. It wasn't, you know, like a primo weekend like we had two weeks ago, but still some very good matchups that yielded some surprising results on some ends. You know, we had home Bo Nicks lighting up the uh, the Bruins at home. I mean, just, man, pretty, uh, pretty exciting weekend. And Texas ends up losing. It's just crazy. So uh, since we're doing this a second time, I'm going to just jump right in and sort of let you run through the results from last week's picks and okay. uh, see see how we did, man. So start us off. How do we do? We uh we did all right collectively. We did okay. Uh, we'll just go kind of. Um, I I think this is the order we picked the games in. I'm not sure, but um, first one, uh, Mississippi State at Alabama. Bama was laying 21. Uh, oh we bo- yeah, I I took that. Uh, I laid the points to Alabama. You didn't really want to touch the line, but we both did like the under 60 and a half and that hit. So we, we, uh, <laughs> yeah. free money, man, yeah. free money. So that, we, went, and we went three and over. Yeah. I kind of felt like Saban just with, with Mississippi state losing a player, you know, having a player die and being on the road. And I, I just, I didn't feel like Alabama was going to come out and try to embarrass them with everything that was going on there. Maybe that had nothing to do with it. And they just kind of, played a you know different type of game but i felt like it was a <laughs> let's just get out of here with a a decent uh victory yeah. but i guess i took the under because i was expecting um a little bit of a step up from alabama's defense after the tennessee game like i, well, I think they're gonna come out feeling like they need to prove something and, and they did oh yeah but. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would like to know why the hell Eli Ricks has not been starting. <laughs> Maybe he was injured. Maybe he didn't learn the playbook. But, man, that guy looked unbelievable. They threw him like he got targeted as a defensive back like 10 times. He allowed one completion for 19 yards. Had like five batted balls. I mean, the dude was just all over the place. So, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that kind of helps them down the stretch. But uh, yeah, good call on uh, the three and O pick there. So yeah, uh, we made another good call taking Penn State minus four. Uh, at home against Minnesota, they won by looks like uh, twenty eight <laughs> points, forty five seventeen final. Yeah, that was a. Uh, we we both discussed. We did not see PJ Fleck rowing the boat through Happy no. Valley, and he got he was just cannon fodder, man. It the, that boat sunk the minute it got there. Yep, and so Penn State uh, came through for us there. I was on the under forty four and a half. That was that was a miss. Um, Old Miss at LSU was kind of a tale of two games. Um, God, no kidding, right? I mean, they were and it was, it was 17, kind of a, to, 17 to 3 at one yeah, point. It, it was kind of a tale of two results for us. Uh, so so we both split uh, between the line and the total. <laughs> so you you laid the points at LSU, and I took the points with, with Old Miss. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you got the win there, but you took over 68, and I was on the under. Yeah, just snuck through forty-five to twenty final. <laughs> Indeed, I, I I joined you on that under. I actually fired off a live bet uh, somewhere around halftime. I got it at sixty-seven and a half, and I was like, I'm not going to get this over. So, in order to save face, I'm going to fire off a live bet, and uh, <laughs> it it luckily hit, man. So that that felt pretty good. Yeah, uh, LSU's they're making a habit out of falling behind early, and uh, you. You yeah, they were how, down what twenty-one to zip at Auburn a few weeks ago. Came uh, back and won. I think that I I want to say that was another seventeen nothing, but may have been at them Auburn Mississippi State. Uh, they were down two touchdowns against Florida State uh, with probably five or six minutes left in the game, and they <laughs> they just about tied it up. Um, Man, that Florida State that 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 fluky missed extra point. You wonder what their season would be had they have not missed that extra point. I mean, he might be seven and one right now. He might highly ranked. I mean, the only loss they would have had is to Tennessee. So, I mean, arguably if they beat Florida state, they should be in the top 10, right? I I would imagine if you're, if you're seven and one, your only losses, even though it is at home, but I mean, Mm -hmm. also it's to Tennessee, which is the top three team, but you know, yeah. it, them even getting the ball back uh, at the end of that game was a little bit fluky with Florida State fumbling the pitch out on the goal line. So, yeah. yeah and, you know, week one, that was kind of a sloppy game all around. But Yeah, you know, the, the Ole Miss and LSU game, I, I watched most of the game, and it was kind of a weird matchup because, it, I mean, Ole Miss runs the ball so well. You figured them being up 17-3, to three, they would just, like, put it on ice. I was like, well, pff, this is a loss. They're They're getting beat into the ground but man lsu just went on a what 35 to 3 run is that right uh 45 to 3 run oh god after actually i think it was 42 to 3 because i think at the end of the first quarter it was 17 3 i want to say uh it, it was a lot to a little um they just really took over and uh they just reached a certain point in the game and they just blew them out after that yeah so. Yeah, it was it was ugly. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. You you have to wonder if yeah, because they fell behind against Tennessee too, and they weren't able to recover from that. So I don't know if that's something that's you know being able to come back and win these conference games with an early deficit is a really sustainable thing for them. Yeah, it, you feel like it might come back to bite them. You know, when they go play Alabama. For instance, well, yeah, I mean, assuming that they lose to Alabama, if we're just going to go ahead and assume that, which I'm, I'm not assuming it, 
that that game's in Death Valley uh, next week, and it is a night game, so that place is going to be rocking. I mean, they're going to give Alabama all they want, but uh, assuming that Alabama were to win that, I, I mean, they got a great chance with the schedule they got left to finish nine and three. So, uh, I mean, I would say that's a big win for BK in his first season, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would, because they came in with a, a preseason total of seven, even, and yeah, and I think most people will look at that and say, yeah, I think I would push that. And people who didn't want to push it and had to pick one or the other would probably lean more towards the under with new coach, new quarterback, so on and so forth. And yeah, everyone except me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know that's what I did, and I and he's really looking like he's going to rub my face in it. Um, mm. Well, yeah. Speaking of rubbing faces in it, Ohio State. Oh dear. Uh, absolutely took Iowa and just rubbed their face all <laughs> over in it. Um, 29 point favorites. I took them. I, I laid the points. I, I thought they would beat Iowa, not maybe by 44, but I thought they could beat them by 30. So I hit on Ohio state minus 29. Uh, we both missed on the under 49 and a half. And now I did say that the only way I saw it going over was if Iowa was able to get to you know ten or thirteen points because they had a defensive score, and as it turns out, each team did. Um, but if you take away those fourteen points, they still end up at fifty, um, just because Ohio State scored so much. So it's an over regardless. So yeah. we went one and two there, but that was just a god. That was a brutal game. Um, well, I mean, Ohio State they they didn't look great for a lot of that game. Stroud was kind of. Hit and miss. He missed a few throws. Receivers dropped a few passes. Wasn't a very pretty game, but I mean, what when six of your offensive possessions, like six out of your 14 meaningful possessions, start in Iowa territory, that's that's a recipe for disaster. I saw <laughs> I saw a tweet today actually that said, I, I think I put it in the group chat. It's like uh, ESPN data shows that Iowa would have been better off punting on first down against Ohio State. Like, how yeah, I, bad does your offense have to be well, to get that just, kind of data? I I think if you I think if they ran the same thing on Miami in their game against Duke, they would come up with the same result. You can only turn it over so many times before you're like, hey, if you just punt on first down every possession just by field position, you know, field position alone. You know, you would, it would be a net gain, um, especially since you're not going to score. So, you know, it's just, it it becomes a matter of where are you going to give them the ball? Yeah. Speaking of not scoring, quick, quick score update five and a half left in the first half of NC State and Virginia Tech. The score is still nothing, nothing. So, well, one of those zeros is not surprising. Yeah. That, that under is looking really juicy right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, kudos to anybody who bet that. I threw that down on uh, one of my one of my parlays, I think. So, yeah, uh, another juicy under from this past week was Syracuse at Clemson, forty nine and a half, which we both took. Uh, that was a hit. Clemson comes from behind with a couple of fourth quarter scores, wins twenty seven twenty one. Now Syracuse, uh, they I really thought Clemson was going to roll these guys. I thought Syracuse is a little bit of a mirage, and I think they are a solid football team. I think. They've they've proven me wrong, and you know I'm not saying they're going to be a, a ten or eleven win team, but I 
what, what are they six and one? That's, they yeah. they look like they'll get to eight, maybe nine. Um, I I still don't know what to make of Clemson and DJU getting benched and Clubnet coming in, and I mean he only went two for four, but I. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of that. I feel like DJU's leash is getting shorter and shorter, but I mean, Clemson doesn't really have anybody left on their schedule that can beat them. Yeah, no, I think he's safe just as far as I think Syracuse was probably the the best remaining team on their slate. Uh, I don't see anyone on their schedule that's going to give them the same type of test defensively. Syracuse has a superb defense. Yeah, their defense won't get tested until the ACC title, assuming that they face North Carolina. Right. Which I don't. I wouldn't assume anything in that division. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's. I mean, they're North Carolina six and one. Shockingly, I, I, I talked about them taking a step forward this year. You guys laughed at me, and I let you talk me into taking the under. I probably should have taken the over. I don't know, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. Uh, let's see what is next. Ooh, this was a good game. Uh, K State at TCU. Oh man! Now we both liked K State plus the three and a half. That was a miss. Uh, TCU wins thirty-eight twenty-eight. But we also both liked over fifty-four and a half. So that was a win for us with sixty-four yeah. total points. So we split that one. Yeah, that's uh, sort of a tough break for K State there, man. I mean, your uh, Martinez goes out, and then your backup goes out. The, start, the third stringer comes in, instantly throws an interception, sets up TCU with great field position. They score, and just they, they couldn't get back after that. It was, it was a tough break, um, losing their quarterback situation. And I'm actually, uh, as we move forward here, I need to look up the injury status of K-State's quarterbacks because there is still question marks whether or not they play this week. But uh, all right. Well, while, while you're doing that, uh, yeah. I will get to the next game: uh, Texas at Oklahoma State. Because, oh man, Oklahoma State—that's who they play, right? Yes. So, uh, so I, God, Gundy got us again. Um, we both <laughs> like we both like Texas minus the six and a half, uh, even on the road. Now, I didn't think Spencer Sanders was going to play or really, if he did play, be kind of fully operational, if you will. Uh, but he did, and he was, and Oklahoma State gets a comeback win. Uh, they allow three second-half points, and they win 41-34. to 34. So they, they keep those Big 12 hopes alive, and honestly, they keep the playoff hopes alive, um, depending on how the rest of their season goes went out, but we both thought over 61 was uh, easiest money in the world. And it looks like it was because they came in at 75 points. Yeah. They it's almost funny. They all, had that over yeah, covered. Yeah, they, they almost hit it in the first half. So that yeah. was a, uh, I, I don't think at any point three minutes into that game, I stopped sweating the over. I was like, well, yeah, this is going to hit. Yeah. I think, oh, I don't remember what I was watching, but I flipped over to it towards the end of the first quarter. And I was like, yeah, we're golden. <laughs> I think I think it was already 14-14 by that point. Um, yeah, there was 24 points scored in the first quarter between the two of them. So, yeah, easy money there. Uh, so this was one of the better games for the week. UCLA at Oregon that you uh, alluded to earlier. Oh, yeah. Homebo Knicks lit it up. Uh, yep. Boy, he was good. Uh, what do you yep, say, five touchdowns? 
Yeah, 283 and five TDs, man. I mean, man. the guy just – they could not stop him. They 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 won the game in the second quarter. It, they, they ripped off 28 points in the second quarter, and UCLA just could not catch up. It just – Man, <laughs> like yeah. I say, I, I kind of called that when Homebo Knicks was going to be big this week, and he was. So, yeah, you did call it because you had Oregon minus the six and a half. I took UCLA in the points, but we both hit the over. Um, not quite as comfortably as Texas and Oklahoma State, but still, you know, almost a full touchdown to spare. So, well, that that total was really high, too, right? Wait, what was yeah, the total? 69 and a half. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, but we both kind of looked at that like, well, you know, if you're expecting each team to score 35 points, which we kind of were, mm-hmm. um, you know, seemed, seemed straightforward enough to me. So, uh, yeah, we went three and one on the UCLA and Oregon game. And then to wrap it up, um, Oh God, A&M. <laughs> <laughs> They went into South Carolina as three-point favorites. And I thought, uh, you know, South Carolina is not great up front. And I think Anning can get it done. They have the really good running back. They could not get it done. They lost 30-24. to 24. Uh, They got down big, like, early, early in that one. Yeah. And he, our under didn't even hit. Um, no. We, we were both on the under 44 and a half, and – Missed that. So you didn't take the spread. You were on the South Carolina plus 130 money line pick. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was Correct. a win for you. But man, AM has problems, dude. They, man, AM Twitter has been just, oh God. Oh it's God. It's a laser nasty. show. Um, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and for, I'll tell you this is for as bad as I thought South Carolina was up front, AM is worse. Yeah, they've um, uh, they're they're losing. I think they've lost at this point. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they've lost three starters on the offensive line. Their starter and their backup quarterback are both banged up. They have lost five players that got suspended for smoking dope in the locker room, basically. Uh, yeah, I think three. And there's, I mean, rumors abound about a bunch <laughs> of other guys. Yeah, but. but you know, a m allowed a pressure rate in this game that was 50%. In 24 of 48 dropbacks, the quarterback was pressured, which is, which is the third highest single-game pressure rate allowed this season. Ugh. You want to know which team has the other two above it? Hmm. Also Texas A&M. <laughs> They they have the three highest individual game pressure rate allowed performances this season. Yeah, in out of uh, gosh, must be eight hundred ish. Well, no, not eight hundred because every team so four hundred ish games played so far. That is insane. Uh, it should not be possible, but they're bad, and they're only getting worse because, like you said, they got three guys out out with injury now. So Ugh. you would think. That the team with the fourth highest overall team talent composite, uh, based on recruiting rankings per twenty first seven sports, would have enough depth built up to absorb some of these losses. But these guys clearly do not. No, they're they're just the opposite of efficient. I mean, they're five for fourteen on third downs. They actually outgained South Carolina three ninety eight to three hundred three. 
and they rushed for a buck 29 through for 269 i mean just you know it, I, I just don't get it man but you know two turnovers had an interception but the I mean, the real kicker was just going down that quick early. Like they they were down seventeen to nothing before you could snap your fingers. I mean, I turned it on towards the end of the first quarter, and it was seventeen to three. And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> what the what the fuck?" So South Carolina ran the opening kickoff back for six, playing a little Beamer ball. So I liked them. That's why I took them on the money line because I just kind of thought, "Eh, A and M's offense is trash. South Carolina's got that." you know, laser show, light show, and it was the first night game there with a big-time team coming in. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it, uh, you know, was a, a really fun atmosphere um, if you're not an Aggie. But, yeah, oh, A&M has some work to do. I am not 100% convinced that they make a bowl game this year. Um, they're, I, don't, I don't think they do. <laughs> I, I just I look at their schedule. I don't know if I see three more wins. Um, I don't think so. I don't see it. It's so yet yet again, you know, another year with at least four losses, and uh, I just don't even know where to start with these guys. It's just every year it just kind of gets, you know, especially offensively, just gets worse and worse and worse. You know, two years ago during the COVID year when they had Kellen Mond starting for the third year, they, they you know, thirty two points a game. And then it dropped off a little bit, and they're down almost a full touchdown this season. And for for a school that's brought in four consecutive top eight recruiting classes, it's just inexcusable. Like, how do you not score 24 points against FBS teams in over a year? Yeah. Well, we've talked about Jimbo to, you know, we've beat that horse to death, and we're still beating the dead horse. But he's got to turn over the offense to somebody – different i think i mean this year's a wash they'll be lucky to make a bowl game maybe they do maybe they don't but it doesn't matter whatever he does from here it's still going to be a massive underachievement so wrap it up on this year find a quarterback in the offseason whether it's one of your own guys wagman or whoever and then hire a damn offensive coordinator and let him call plays like they are the most just non-explosive team. They're they're just as bad as Iowa in my book. Like they're they're Iowa with better players. Well, this year they are, but that's what doesn't make sense because it's kind of a common theme that a lot of people think. Oh, well, he's you know the the offense is antiquated and and I get that he's he's running basically the same offense that he was ten years ago at Florida State with Jameis Winston. But you know, last year his offense scored twenty nine points a game. The year before that, 32. The year before that, 29. The year before that, 36. So I just question if how it got so outdated from one season to another. It's not like a gradual decline. It's it's a full touchdown from last year. Um, well, so I don't I just don't know. I think uh, he's just lost control of the locker room. I don't well, think it's he's got sounding control. like it. I mean, they've had yeah. they've had a lot of issues. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's got control of the team anymore. That's just surface level that's what i'm seeing I, I see guys who aren't performing i see players who were big time recruits that are still there that are not developed so it's kind of a it's kind of a mac brown texas situation you remember like at the back end of mac brown's uh, uh tenure at texas where they're still signing the number three four class in the nation every year but they're going eight and four 
mm-hmm. and not, you know, nine and three. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, I, I think they're just getting talented players, but they don't know how to develop them. They don't know how to coach them. And they ultimately, they just can't score. And well, so I think it's, I think it's very similar. And I think it's for a very similar reason. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think they're doing the same thing that Mac Brown did, which is just go after guys based on their star rating regardless. And, you know, a guy being a five-star, that is what his ceiling is viewed as. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what his potential is. Um, We go after all of those guys. Not all of those guys are ready to play day one. They just show a lot of promise based on their athletic profile. So, you know, the, the example I saw talked about in the discussion was uh, Kelvin Benjamin when Jimbo was at Florida State. Mm-hmm. He turned into an, an excellent player, but he wasn't ready to play as a freshman. No. And he really wasn't ready to be like the guy as a sophomore. But you get a, a less heralded guy like Rashad Green, who was ready to play and contribute from day one. It's just his ceiling wasn't nearly as high. He was basically the same guy as a junior as he was as a freshman. Still yeah. a good player, but not like a a a top shelf guy, which a lot of these five star guys are. That doesn't mean that they're ready to play, and it certainly doesn't mean that they're, you know, they show mature decision making skills, uh, things like that, or have good attitudes. So, you know, I think there's an element <laughs> of he might just be getting guys because they are attractive guys to go get whether they fit into what his team needs now, you know, is he passing up guys who can come in and, and get eight yards on third and six right, right now, or is he getting guys that two years from now are potential all Americans? Sounds like he's getting the second thing and yeah, it's showing. Well, they're just, like I say, ultimately they're not developing them. They're not coaching them. I, I think he has got no control of what's going on. It's just, it's a disaster. And if if he didn't have that massive $96 million buyout, he'd be fired already. Yeah, and I think, I, I couldn't imagine if if his contract had three years left on it and not nine. Yeah. I would be willing to bet like $100 that they would have fired him after the South Carolina game. Oh yeah, 100%. I when agree. You, go, you go to three and four and you lose to that team, it's, I think they would eat, a, you know, a $30 million buyout. They're not going to eat 86, but yeah, that, that contract be, them. I'm telling you, if there's one school out there that would be willing to eat $80 million, it's Texas ATM. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but even, even they'll, them, they'll I, call, I just can't see it. They'll call up some oil tycoons and get that money if they want him gone that bad. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think money is an issue for them. They're one of the richest schools in the country. So well, I get it. But like everything else, Texas AM football, I need to see it first before I buy in that yeah, you know, that, that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I think we've thrown enough scoops of dirt on uh, Jimbo Fisher and his tenure at Texas AM. We'll see if they make a bowl game. Should be interesting. But uh, let's uh, let's run over the rapid fire picks before we move into the uh, second half of the show here. Yeah, we had a handful of those. Um, those were mixed results. We uh, we both liked Liberty cutting uh, or covering six and a half points uh, against BYU, and they ended up drilling those guys. They won by I think like twenty four. Um, 
So they won outright big. We didn't do as well. We both missed on Purdue plus two and a half. They got absolutely steamrolled by Wisconsin. Yeah, and well. We both yeah. like Kansas plus eight, and that didn't quite go our way. So no. that, was not, that was not ideal. No. Yeah, Hugh Freeze, give me liberty or give me death. As per the usual, he comes through. Loved that pick. And they are, I believe they're three and oh this year against the spread as an underdog. So they are uh, pretty much a cover machine when they're an underdog. But yeah, BYU got smoked there. And speaking of teams that got smoked, Purdue, we like that. Man, fucking Graham Mertz looked like really good in the first quarter, man. I mean, just the first drive, he like rolls out to the right and throws a bomb to the end zone. Guy catches it in the corner, touchdown. I was like, whoa. What's going on here? Like, they, where's, they, where's that guy been for two years? Yeah, where, where's he been for the last three seasons? You know, so Wisconsin goes up twenty-one nothing in the first, and it's just, you know, it's over from there. You know, Purdue they they can't come back. I mean, they made it respectable at garbage time with fourteen points in the fourth, but it was a beatdown, complete and utter beatdown. Yeah. So our our rapid fire ones. Um, we're kind of a mixed bag. Overall, we did all right. So I had you at uh, three and two against the spread, and one and zero oh on the money line on that South Carolina bet. But you went five and two on your totals this past week. Nice. So uh, overall, you're at nine and four, and that you know you can make a living going nine and four on college football games um, <laughs> if, you, if you put enough skin in the game. Uh, I was only three and six against the spread, but I did flip that around and I went six and three on the totals. So I finished out at five hundred, which is not a great way to make a living. <laughs> well, hey man, we're not we're not competing against each other at this point without Timmy. So as a group, right. we're in the plus column. So we're yeah, good. I mean we you know, we did fine. We did pretty well. Um, there there will be some weeks where man, there, I'd like to have back, but <laughs> there will definitely be some weeks where I'm in the hole and you're in the plus column. We've already seen that. Several yeah, we've had times this year. <laughs> It'll probably, yeah, it's all cyclical. Yeah, that is correct. So, all right, well. Is there anything that we need to cover on uh, week eight before we tell our uh, listeners about our sponsor and move into the second half of the show? No, I think it's break time and then we'll get on to uh, some week nine games. Yeah. And uh, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. The playoff rankings come out after this coming weekend. Is that correct? The first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, so for our listeners, uh, if you guys didn't know, we are sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. And uh, so if you're a college football fan, which if you're listening to the show, you are, imagine your kicker's lining up for you know the game winner. Your chances of regaining possession, it ain't going to happen. Stakes are high, tension's higher, and, you know, guy boots the ball, goes up in the air, and... I don't know if he makes it or misses it. If he's a college kicker, he might miss it. But <laughs> you can make every play feel that exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And also, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. All right, now, Eric, who the Vikings got this week? They've got the Cardinals. Is that correct? They, they do have the Cardinals. 
Last I looked, I think the Vikings were a three and a half point favorite. Do you? They, well, were, I mean, a, what, they were a slight favorite. Yeah, I think what, it, was, it was either three or three and a half when I looked. Yeah, what's your take on that? I, I, I took them on a teaser, so I, I, I got them at like plus seven or something. But what, what's your take on three and a half? You think they cover that? I mean, I do. I, they've been. They've been just managing to pull out close games all year. Three and a half. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, I haven't watched Arizona enough to know if they're w- worth a hoot. Uh, but yeah, yeah. All else fails. Let me let me bet on the Vikings. <laughs> well, if they can keep Dalvin Cook rolling, I feel like they'll be uh, they'll be in good shape there because those games that he's you know ripped off long touchdowns have been pretty well. They've done yeah, pretty he's well kind of the second key. And half. Yeah, I agree there. And, you know, it doesn't hurt when you've got Justin Jefferson out wide. So um, he's, a, God, he's a helpful guy to have around. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And God, speaking of wide receivers, oh, man, the Bengals, Jamar Chase. Oh, God, I feel bad for them. Oh, man. He's, he's gone for like four to six weeks with a hip injury. But uh, anyway, back to DraftKings. Now, uh, to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Uh, but before you can do any of that, you've got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any NF- or any football game, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, using promo code TPPN. Now, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply there, so check out our show notes uh, for the details. All right, Eric. So we are moving on to week nine, and I got to be honest, it's kind of a light week. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, the slate is just not what I would call all that interesting, and it's (laughs) starting off with a bang. Let me tell you, Southern Miss is waxing. Uh, Louisiana at the moment, 29 to five and NC state and Virginia tech are still scoreless. Uh, so, and it's pretty much, I think it's halftime. So it's still better uh, than the game. Probably. Yeah, probably. So I don't know what the score of that game is and I don't care because NFL Thursday night games are trash. Um, all right. So let's get into this, uh, week nine slate here let me pull up our website that we go to now for our listeners if you guys want to know where we're getting these lines we go to scoresandodds.com and you can they have a lot of different books listed under the game details so you know we might call out a line and then say i can get you whatever and that's you know it depends on what platform you bet with so we try to highlight as many books as we can if that's possible so uh, the first game on the docket, Eric, uh, Illinois on the road at Nebraska. Illinois six and one. Nebraska hanging in at three and four. Oh, nobody wants to win this division apparently, except Illinois. Illinois laying seven and a half on the road here. Totals fifty and a half. Where are you at on that? I thought about the the total, but you know because Illinois does play very very good defense. The problem is Nebraska really doesn't and offensively they've been pretty decent this year. So I'm going to leave the total alone and just ride the Belum of us and I'm going to lay the seven and a half with Illinois. Oh man, laying the points with Bielma, the man who has never ever ever been full. Yeah, this opened at six and a half and it's gone up to seven and a half. I kind of <sighs> 
I'll be honest. I kind of like Nebraska getting a touchdown plus here. I I don't love it. I I don't love it, but I, I'm gonna throw. It's a it's a three thirty Eastern kick. I don't know that Illinois goes down there and just physically manhandles them. I'm not gonna bet on Nebraska, but I will say I would not be willing to take uh, Illinois at more than a touchdown. I would have taken it at six and a half, but since it's up to seven and a half, I'm not going to touch that. And as far as the total goes, I would lean to the under. But I am not going to take a a a pick on that game. I'm just going to let it ride. But that's how I would punt that one altogether. Yeah, I'm I'm going to punt it. I would lean under and lean Nebraska getting more than a touchdown. But uh, I'm gonna you can annotate that, but we're gonna we're gonna leave that one alone for me. Fair enough. You like. And you like Bielma with the points there. Yeah. Well, I, I like Bielma in general, but yeah, okay. uh, with, with the points at Nebraska, I like him as well there. Okay. All right. Well, we are talking about a team that got smoked at home by Georgia Southern. So not great. Um, all right. Next game, oh, man, we threw a lot of scoops of dirt on uh, Jimbo before our break in the show. Now you got Ole Miss coming to town. Ole Miss coming off that beat down at the hands of LSU. They are on the road again, this time in Kyle Field, and they are laying one and a half. Total's 54 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and take the under here. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, give me the under 54 and a half. I don't love that. And I would take Ole Miss in the points here at one and a half. I think there's just too much bad shit going on with AM right now. I, give me Kiffin. Yep, me too. All right, so we're in lockstep there. So we both yeah. like Ole Miss minus one and a half. We both like A&M and Ole Miss under 54 and a half. Yeah, I actually liked Ole Miss minus the two and a half when we tried this show two days ago. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It opened at three and a half. It's down to one and a half. That's, I don't know, man, but people must just be betting on the, the 12th man to, to be a factor <sighs> there, I guess. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Just with everything that I've seen that's going on after that ass kicking that I saw by at the hands of South Carolina, who, in my opinion, is nowhere near as good as Ole Miss. I, I don't really, I can't really say I understand that line, but uh, who knows? Should be interesting. All right. Uh, next game on the docket, if I can find it here, is Auburn and Arkansas. Now this game is in Auburn. And yep, I believe twelve this is, on the SS, yeah. SEC next work. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's an eleven o'clock kickoff my time. So, yep, Arkansas is laying three and a half on the road here. It's dropped slightly. It opened at four and a half. Total sixty two and a half here. Where? Wh- what are you taking on this? Uh, well, again, a, a change in my favor from our first attempt at this. I was on the under sixty one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to 62 and a half. So I'm still on the under there, but I like Arkansas minus three and a half as well. I got to be honest. I, it, it never seems to go well for me when I bet against or for Auburn, mm-hmm. but after what I saw Penn state do to them and the way they just ran it down their throat. And it, in case you didn't notice Auburn, Twitter has been even more of a laser show this week than a&M Twitter <laughs> like Auburn fans are pissed that they've got I think they lost three players to the transfer portal this week alone 
Things are not looking good at Auburn. Harson's time's limited. I yeah, would, well, I think I, part of the reason they're pissed is the the bye week came and went, and he's still there. Like, I yeah. think a lot of people were expecting him to be let go during the bye week. Well, and I missed on that because I said that if he had a shitty start to the season, and here they are three and four, that he wouldn't make it past the bye week. But I didn't take into account that they would fire the athletic director right. before that. So <laughs> there wouldn't be anyone there to fire him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I. <laughs> I'm with you. Give me the give me Arky and the points here. I think it's just – I don't really think they have to do anything spectacular. I think they just run it down their throat, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, I think could they see Auburn – straightforward game and they go win by seven. Yeah, I, I think Auburn just gets it – gets the ball run down their throat here. I, I could see Arky rushing for 250-plus in this game. So, total-wise, I would probably lean towards the over – because I think Arky could probably score 30 and, or excuse me, 35 or 40. And I think Auburn can probably manage enough points at home to make it interesting. I, I think 62 and a half is actually a pretty good number. So I, I wouldn't take the over, but I would lean over. But uh, yeah, give me Arky and the points there. Okay. Uh, next. Oh boy. <laughs> this. <sighs> Man, this game. Michigan State. That's what it's going to be they, ugly. Michigan State is in deep shit here, boys. They, mm-hmm. they. Oh man! All right. Now this line was twenty-two and a half the other night, and that is still the case. So Michigan State is on the road at Michigan. Michigan minus twenty-two and a half. I got to be honest. I'm going to go ahead and lay the points. I think Michigan's about to hang a fifty burger on them. Yeah, me too. I I I watched. Michigan versus Penn State, and I watched Ohio State versus Michigan State, and I think this game is going to look like both of those did. Yeah. I would also take the over there. I would take the over at 54.5 because, like I said, I think Michigan hangs a 50-burger on them. I could see this being similar to the Ohio State-Iowa score, like a 54-10 to type deal. So, I mean, Michigan State could score some points in garbage time. Get a backdoor over there. I could see this like a 48 to you know 14 or 17 type game. So give me the over 54 and a half. Uh you got any other takes on that game? No, it's just it's gonna be one sided and I'll probably be tuned out by halftime. Yeah. All right. So Oklahoma State and Kansas State. We talked about Oklahoma State a little bit earlier and how their playoff slash Big 12 hopes are still very much alive. Kansas State, uh, by the way, Adrian Martinez, he is a game-time decision. So I would think here that if – I feel like him or the backup, one of those two is going to play because, I mean, they're favored by one and a half here. Kansas State is. So this game opened at a pick Kansas State's now favored one and a half. The total's 55 and a half. I feel like one of their starters are going to play. I mean, I say starters, either one or two will play. And Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders played last week, looked really good, and he'll, you know, there he's going to play. Now, Oklahoma State does have a lot of injuries uh, to their defensive side of the ball. So for this game, I'm not touching the line. I'm going to take the over 55 and a half. Okay. Well, I'm also taking the over 55 and a half, uh, but I am. 
I am touching the line on this game. And give me Gundy. If you're going to give me points with Gundy, then give me Gundy. Oh, man. He's kind of let me down uh, when I, you know, pick him to as a favorite or or even pick against him as an um but i've had pretty good luck picking gundy plus the points and i i just think they're a better team i, I think they're only a, a point and a half underdog on the road for a reason and uh watching spencer sanders come back and play the way he did after it wasn't entirely clear he would be able to play uh, gave me a little a little boost of confidence in the cowboys so i think they i think they keep it rolling yeah, I mean, it's an even money line there, so I would agree. Just take those points if you can get them. And, uh, yeah, like I say, that we both like the over there, 55 and a half. I, I mean, this thing opened at 65 and a half, and it's all the way down to 55 and a half. I, I think that is really – I mean, it's gone down 10 points because I think of the quarterback situation with Kansas State – but I think if they're still favored, I mean that because that's weird. It's like it's gone down ten points on the total, but Kansas State has moved up one and a half to be a favorite. It's kind of weird. So this is like the complete opposite of how I think this game is going to go. I think it'll be high scoring, and I expect Oklahoma State to win. <laughs> so I don't know. It's weird. Uh, let's see what's next. Ooh man, Tennessee. Are they going to keep it rolling this week? Because this game opened at 11 and a half, it jumped up to 12 and a half. Now it's back down to 11 and a half. So Tennessee's laying 11 and a half at home against Stoops and Kentucky. The total is 61 and a half. I think they probably keep it rolling, but I'm not going to touch that spread. And I'll tell you why here in a minute. But what I am on is the over 61. Because uh, the other night, the other night it was 63 and a half and I still kind of liked the over. I didn't want to touch the spread then even um, I was like, well, if I got to pick something, I would probably take the over and now it's come down even a couple more, but um, I am not laying those points because in the last 14 games that Kentucky has been an underdog, they are 11, two and one against the spread with seven. Oh, yeah. Seven outright wins, five of which are on the road. So if anyone is going to spoil someone's weekend as a double-digit road underdog, it is Mark Stoops, and I'm not going to let him do that to me. Yeah, I, I've actually kind of changed my opinion on this game. I thought about this all day today because, you know, in part one, I said, give me the Vols at 11 and a half or 12 and a half the other night, and I'll take all those points and run. But, man... I'm with you. It's not really smart to bet against Stoops as a double-digit underdog. So I'm actually going to take Kentucky in the points here. So give me Kentucky plus the 11.5. As far as the total goes, I would actually lean under 61.5. I don't know that Kentucky scores a ton of points because Tennessee does have a pretty good pass rush. I think they're in the top 15 in the country in pressure rate and – Kentucky's offensive line is pretty much trash. So I'm not sure Kentucky scores enough points to hit that over. And I think they put up a, you know, at least somewhat impressive defensive effort. And uh, yeah, so give me Kentucky with the points and I will also take the under 61 and a half here. Okay. Mark this down for posterity. 
<laughs> All right. So All right. Uh, sticking in the SEC here, Florida and Georgia. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know this for a fact, but I would think this has got to be the biggest line that it's been in quite some time in this game. Uh, Georgia is laying 22 and a half. Obviously, this is a neutral site game in Jacksonville, right there in your backyard. Total is 56 and a half. Where are you at? I, I, I'm interested to hear your perspective here. Uh, I'm at Georgia minus the 22 and a half. I know it's a big spread for a rivalry game and you know, they're normally closer, but from what I've seen of Florida and what I've seen of Georgia, you know, yeah, they've had the kind of the clunkers for games that they maybe weren't, you know, all that amped up for like your Kent state, like your Missouri, but I'll tell you, you know, the games that they came out ready to play and ready to go snot bubble somebody, you know, they beat Oregon by 46, right? They beat South Carolina by, I think, 43. Yeah, it was a beat down. Um, you know, and I think this is, I mean, they they drilled these guys last year, and I don't know that Florida is any better. Um, and I don't know that Georgia is that much worse. I think they're more balanced, but they're still really, really good defensively. And I, I just... I think they're that much better, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. Hmm. I probably wouldn't touch the point total here. 23. I mean, if for them to have to win by 23, that's a lot to me. This opened at 23 and a half. It's closed to point. Got down to 21 and a half or some 21s out there, but I wouldn't touch it. I would lean towards the under 56 and a half here. I think uh, Georgia's got enough defense to stymie. Florida's offense and not let Anthony Richardson go run wild and do the things that he did against teams like Utah and uh, Tennessee, even where he threw for like 400 yards. And so I just, I think it'll be a little bit of a closer game, at least for three quarters than, you know, a three score deficit, but I wouldn't touch the to- the line here. Just give me the under 56 and a half. And I'm going to leave it at that. I, I don't think Florida can win this game. I will be clear about that, but 22 and a half is just a little too much for me. If it got up to say 24 or 24 and a half, I would probably start taking some Florida there, but it's just it's not high enough yet. All right. So, all right. Last game that we've got uh, out of all the main lines here, uh, Ohio state is on the road at Penn state. Ohio State is down, let's see, it's down to 14 and a half. They're laying 14 and a half now, and the total is 60 and a half. I'll be honest, I I almost want to take Penn State in the points here. Franklin, while he hasn't beaten Ohio State, he's like, I think he's four or five, I think he's five and two against the spread against them. So, Typically plays them pretty close. <sighs> Screw it. Just give me the under. Give me the under 60 and a half. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm going to take. Because one thing I don't feel great about is Penn State's offense. Their offense stinks. I mean, they, they got exposed against Michigan. And while they got exposed, they can still play a little bit of defense. So I think with Ohio State – you know, 
recent sort of struggles on offense, if you want to call it struggles, they haven't looked great when they've been tested. I'm just going to take the under 60 and a half here. Where are you at? Um, I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to take Ohio State minus the 14 and a half. Um, mm. Because you talked about Penn State's offense. I think one thing working against them uh, is the fact that Ohio State leads the country in pressure rate uh, without blitzing, right? So just rushing their three down or their four down without bringing an extra guy. Uh, they do a better job of getting pressure on the quarterback than anyone. So, you know, Sean Clifford, not great under pressure. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's great anytime. Well, he's, he's, he's not great anytime. He's even less great uh, under pressure. So Facts. this is another one. I just, I just, I just think they're the better team by a wider margin than the two touchdowns. So, Mm, man. Now I don't know if Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to play that. That would be the one thing that would give me pause. Um, he was, he didn't play a ton last week. He actually was running a route, a slightly overthrown ball. He kind of pulled up, not really limping, but favoring a leg. He's been dealing with a hamstring and he, I don't think he went back in after that. So, Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't, but I still like Ohio State just because I think they can hurt you in too many different ways. Yeah. There are, uh, for the listeners out there, there are still some 15, there's a lot of 15 and a halfs out there if you're a Penn State better, if you want to take those odds since he's six and two against the spread against them. I, I wouldn't blame you, but at the same time, I would exercise some caution there because their offense stinks and they can't score. So, uh, I don't hate the pick at 14 and a half. It wouldn't shock me to see him blow him out, but I, I, I'm just going to stick with my pick and take the under it. It's unfortunate that it's a day game. It's a, you know, noon kickoff. So yeah. I, I hate that. I wish it was a night game wide out. You know, that might make it a little bit more interesting, but you know, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, since that wraps up all of our regular uh, games that we've got posted here, uh, we're going to do some rapid fire now. And a quick score update. Uh, let's see. Third quarter just started, and it's still three to nothing in C State. So that 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 total closed at thirty nine and a half. That's like free money, basically. Uh, and Southern Miss is still waxing Louisiana. Yeah, what's the live at? Like twelve? Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be low as shit. Uh, the live line is twenty two and a half at the moment. Man, I feel like. God, you got to take that, right? <laughs> 22 and a half. I would, I would think. It just jumped from 19 and a half to 22 and a half. Oh, man. I might need to fire off somebody, a live bet. Yeah, somebody must have crossed the 50. Uh, let's see. No, it says uh, VT's got the ball on their own 39. Uh, yeah, they're like on the 20-yard line going in. So, um, mm. yeah, who cares? They suck. All right, so let's get to some rapid fire here. All right, first one I'm going to give you, it's a Friday night uh, special here. Uh, actually, no. Is this tonight? It is tonight, later on tonight, if you're talking about Utah. Okay, all right, I'm going to start that over. All right, first one I'm going to give you here is later on this evening. It is a 10 p.m. Eastern uh, kickoff, and that would be Utah on the road at Wazoo, Washington State. Utah is laying seven here. Rapid fire total is 56 and a half. Where are you at? 
Uh, we talked about this one the other night when the line was seven and a half, and I was leaning Washington State if I was going to get that extra half point. Uh, and if you can still get it at seven and a half, that's what I would do. But at seven even, I don't like it, so I would just take the under. There is still a seven and a half out there. I can get you seven and a half. I think I'll just stick with the under. <laughs> All right. Well, give me Utah on the points. Give me give me the Utes. I think they, I think they go up there and they take care of business. Personally, I just think this uh, the total. Uh, I would probably take the over 56 and a half. You know, I could see a backdoor over here for Washington State, maybe scoring in garbage time, but I, I'm still going to take the Utes in the points here. So give me the Utes minus seven. All right, next on the docket, we have TCU, undefeated TCU, by the way. They are on the road at West Virginia. They are also laying seven and a half points. The total is 68 and a half. What are you, what are you taking? I'm taking TCU minus the what did you say seven or seven and a half? Seven and a half. Yep. Yeah, uh, I would. There. I I can actually it, get you a seven. You can you can get them at minus seven. I would I would take either because they I, this is one of those I feel like the line should be like nine. Yeah. Oh, Virginia Tech just scored. <laughs> oh God, I'd still take the under twenty two and a half. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I, this is one of those games. You can't like, get it anymore. Like, it's up 25 and a half. Oh, damn. I feel like TCU should just like wax these dudes, but it's yeah. at West Virginia. I don't know, man. I, 68 and a half. I would still be comfortable taking the over here, if I'm being honest. Like, I think West Virginia probably scores quite a bit of points. And. I think TCU obviously will score because West Virginia's defense stinks. So I'm going to take the over at 68 and a half here. I, I just I think this one gets into the 70s. TCU should cover that, but I'm not willing to take it on the road because they just haven't. They, they've had some good luck uh, playing quarterbacks. Like last week, they're down double digits to Kansas State on the road, and their top two quarterbacks go out, and then they fire back and come back and win. So JT Daniels has a big game. I could see West Virginia covering this, but I'll just well, play it safe. Yeah, TCU has made over. a habit out of knocking quarterbacks out of games. You know, not to say Indeed. that they're like intentionally trying to hurt anybody or anything, but yeah, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, yeah, you know, K-State. Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State was kind of yep. roughed up in the second half of that game. He did not play yep. well in the second half. Um, yep. and then and then K State last week. And if you want to find a quarterback who has an injury history that is not great. You don't need to look too much further than JT Daniels. So, no. I, you know, I'm just not comfortable that he finishes the game and I don't know what they've got at a backup. I, I think it's a decent chance that he, you know, misses a, some time in this one. So that's kind of part of the reason I like TCU, but I think overall they're just a better team. Yeah. Agree. All right. Next on the dock at Florida state, uh, you know, you're, I always say your boys because you you're a Florida you're a Norvell guy, but uh, Florida State's at home against Georgia Tech. They're laying twenty four and a half totals forty seven and a half. I would just I I'll be honest. I wouldn't touch this game with a ten foot pole. Where where are you at? Like at all? Yeah, no, I'm not touching it. Um, boy, forty seven and a half is tempting, but Georgia Tech is just so bad on offense. I just really question how much they're going to contribute. Um, so I would just. 
I, I, I probably wouldn't lay money on it. If I had to pick something on this game, I would lay the points with Florida State. Mm. Well, all right. Well, write it down. <laughs> all right. uh, next, Notre Dame on the road to Syracuse. I I know Notre Dame is four and three, but I think the wrong team's wrong team is favored here. Give me Notre Dame plus the two and a half. I, I I'll take the Irish, man. I mean, I honestly I would just take them on the money line at plus one fourteen. You know, I I think they win the game. I think they're better. I just I don't think. I don't know. Neither one of these teams have any offense. I kind of like the under 47 and a half as well. Where are you at? I like the under most of all, but I also like Syracuse minus the two and a half at home. <laughs> all right. So you're on the other side of it. All right. Well, yeah, because two and a half is not enough. If it was still at four and a half, because that's what it opened at was minus four and a half. If it was still more than a field goal, like three and a half, I would take the points with Notre Dame. But since it's inside a field goal, just give me Notre Dame on the money line. All right. Uh, Oklahoma on the road at Iowa State. Oklahoma's laying one and a half. Total's 55 and a half. I, give, me, uh, give me the Sooners. I mean, am I crazy for taking them at one and a half? Hold on. Let me get – I'm trying to find it in the scroll. Um, I don't I don't know. Their defense is just so bad. Um but their offense has been pretty good when Dylan Gabriel has been in there. So I, yeah, I think I would probably take them. I don't know why it's, I'm kind of surprised it's come down from three where it opened, but uh, yeah, I would probably lay the one and a half. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to double down on my Oklahoma stock since I bought stock back a few games ago before they lost like three straight games. So we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, so, oh, God, do we even want to talk about Miami at Virginia? Because, good God, Miami's laying one and a half. They suck. If there's one team that Miami can go on the road and beat, surely it's Virginia, right? It yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> under. Can't yeah. trust it. No, yeah. under. Under. Under 48 and a half. Agree. I like it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What's another interesting one here? Okay. Wake Forest at Louisville. Now, 63 and a half. I feel like this number should start with a seven. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and it's actually, Give me the it's, over. Yeah. It, it even opened lower than that. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't gone up more. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah, I, I would be on the over for this one as well. Yeah. I like it. I, I wouldn't touch the... Well, actually, yeah, I would. Give me Wake Forest and the points here. I'm going to lay the three and a half with Wake. I think Louisville's a trash heap, and I think Wake is pretty good on offense. And so I think both teams will score some points here, but I think Louisville's defense just won't be able to get any stops whatsoever. So give me Wake and the three and a half, and give me Louisville Wake over 63 and a half. All right. Uh, let's see. Another interesting game here. Missouri on the road at South Carolina, South Carolina ranked South Carolina, by the way, is laying three and a half here. You taking the points with Beamer ball? I probably am. Um, I just 45 and a half is awfully low and that is tempting, um, especially since it's come down. But I think if I had to choose something, I would just lay the points with South Carolina at home. Mm, okay. 
Well, I'm going to take uh, the over 45 and a half here. I think there's probably some points scored in this game. I, it wouldn't shock me if there's another special team score or a defensive score by South Carolina as well. You know, Missouri does have a habit of uh, throwing it to the other team. So I'm going to take the over 45 and a half here. It, I expect South Carolina to win this game by a touchdown, but I'm not willing to bet that. So I'll take the total instead. Uh, okay. This, speaking of totals, <laughs> USC on the road at Arizona. This total is 76 and a half. USC's laying 15 and a half. I mean, they don't expect a shred of fucking defense in this game. Under under 76 well, I, and a half. They're, they're not going to get one either. <laughs> oh man. I don't um, know. I, I wouldn't touch this game. I would, I would probably just leave it alone entirely. Uh, because I could, yeah. I've watched a couple of Arizona games and a couple of USC games and I still haven't, you know, USC's one saving grace is they, they have done a good job of forcing turnovers and I guess that can keep the point total down. But I mean, we saw it in the Utah game, but they don't, if they don't win the turnover battle, they, they have a tough time just getting stops and forcing punts yeah. and holding teams to field goals. So I, I could easily see this one getting into the eighties, but I could also easily see it being, you know, 48, 21, and they just kind of blow them out and take a, their foot off the gas, um, you know, based on turnovers. So I just probably would avoid it entirely. Yeah. I would be in agreement there. This is not one I would touch. All right. Now <laughs> we're going to, we're going to rapid fire three games at once here. I'm going to give you three totals on these three games and you can tell me over or under. Okay. All right. First game. Cause I, I don't really care about these lines. These teams, a couple of them suck. So we're, you know, the first game, Arizona state and Colorado, Arizona state is laying 13 and a half here on the road. Totals 46 and a half over under. Before I answer that, just how bad do you got to be for Arizona state to be laying 13 and a half at your place? Fucking terrible. That's just got to be demoralizing. Uh, under 46 and a half. Correct. I agree. Under 46 and a half. Uh, next game, Baylor at Texas Tech. Texas Tech is actually a three-point favorite in this game, and, or excuse me, two and a half, and the total is 62 and a half. I'm going to say over. Yeah, me too. All right. What about the uh, – do you like Texas Tech minus the two and a half here? I don't. I like I, Baylor. I, I'm kind of on the fence on that one because I've watched Baylor, you know, just blow out BYU. I've also seen them go to West Virginia and lose handily. So I, I would just assume that a lot of point, you know, Texas Tech is. Oh, let's see, what are they? They are. No, well, they're they're four two and one on overs, but yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they uh, hit three overs in a row for me when I've bet them this year. So yeah, I would just say over. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and I, I'm not going to take it, but I would lean Baylor covering that two and a half there. I think Baylor probably wins that game, but it's not juicy enough on the money line for me to take that. It's only plus 110. So, uh, And then the last one, Pittsburgh at North Carolina. Total 65 and a half, North Carolina minus three. Give me the Tar Heels. I, can I still get them at two and a half? No, I can't. Damn. <sighs> 
over <laughs> over 65 yeah. and a half oh over definitely um yeah <clears throat> but north carolina's defense is so bad that pit plus 130 is kind of tempting but i don't love that on the road so i think i would just stick with the over yeah i would expect north carolina to win this game i don't think pitt's defense is any good so i'm uh yeah and then the last game i'm gonna ask you about is ucla coming off that beat down against oregon they're at home against stanford they're laying 16 and a half here the total is 66 and a half i would say under yeah, this seems high for a Stanford game, um, even though UCLA is probably going to score 40. Yeah. So I would just take um, take UCLA and lay the 16 and a half. Oh, yeah, I don't hate that. I'll join you on that. How's that? All right. Well, that's all the games that are really any meaningful. The rest of them are kind of trash. And so that's going to wrap us up for this week. You got anything else before we close it out and move on to week 10 next week? No, I think uh, next week, we're, you know, in addition to the week 10 preview, we're going to kind of preview um, what we think or what we expect the college football playoffs to the, the initial rankings anyway to look like. We'll probably have ah, something yeah. approximating yeah. our own top 10. That show, I think we're recording early next week, right? You got we travels. are, yeah. We're going to have to record on Monday because I've got stuff to do the rest of the week, so we won't have much in the way of uh, lines. It'll be opening lines pretty much, and uh, yeah, a little playoff preview, what we expect, and uh, we'll uh, move forward from there. But uh, we appreciate you sticking with us, and you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey forty seven. You can follow Eric at Eric Molhair. And you can follow our other co-host, who is uh, temporarily away from the show. Timmy, you can follow him at S-E underscore Timmy Poe. And we'll be back with you next week for Week 10. Catch you guys later. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Yeah.